Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. I grew up in uh, Chicago, Illinois. My parents still live there. They, yes, it's the best. It's the best. They still live there. My parents have been married for 34 years now. But uh, my dad will still do this thing. We've been married 34 years. But he'll try and, like, sell us on our mom still. Like, I'll just be sitting there, and my dad will lean in and be like, Hey, you know who's a great lady? your mother. It's like, yeah, we're all on board. We all love mom. You don't have to advertise for her. Though it'd be, it'd be weirder, I guess, if you named someone else. If <laughs> he was like, hey, you know who's a great lady? Whoopi Goldberg. That was John Mulaney from his debut album, The Top Part, a track called You Know Who's a Great Lady. I love that joke so much, and it's perfect for this week because it is Mother's Day week. How exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to have uh, this episode for you guys because it's going to be all about Mother's Day today. Um, and before we get too deep into into talking about Mother's Day, I really quickly want to say thanks to all uh, everybody who's been sending messages. I've gotten some really cool emails I don't know if people are tracking down my email, but hey, go for it. TomATakar at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, if you have a question that stumps me or is, is, uh, is something that I think would be interesting for uh, the listeners, I'll, I'll read some of them on here at some point. This week, we got a tight show, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip that. But, hey, keep the ratings and reviews coming, too. I really like seeing those when I stumble upon them. I appreciate it. Uh, Coach T, I'm joined by our producer extraordinaire uh, once again, as always. Coach T, how are you? I'm doing, doing well. This week? I'm out here. Yeah, <laughs> you're out here. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, we're doing good. You, uh, you get your mom something special for uh, Mother's Day? Nah, man, my mom's dead. Oh well, I'm glad I brought it up. That's probably good. Uh, it's all, um, <laughs> you do that to me on Father's Day. Well, <laughs> uh, well. no, we're uh, we're good. We're good. Uh, nothing, nothing to do with no Mother's Day. Nothing like that. Nothing with Mother's Day. Yeah, uh, Mother's Day is going to be weird this year for everybody because it's uh, it's tough to send stuff. Sending flowers seems dangerous right now. Yeah, it seems like a foolish thing to do. It's not essential. Yeah, it's not essential. It just feels like, how stupid am I going to feel if I send my mom flowers and she gets it from the, like, leaves or some shit? It's like, <laughs> it's carried off the guy. And it's like, it, it just seems tough. I don't know. I'm stumped on what to get. But I can tell you right now, uh, one thing that would be fun to do with your mom is to watch this documentary that we're going to be talking about today on the show called Call Your Mother. That's going to be, it's going to be on Comedy Central this Sunday, May 10th at 10 p.m. Eastern on Comedy Central. 
We both watched this thing. Man, I got to tell you, this really got me in a Mother's Day mood. Uh, it's a documentary film exploring relationships between comedians and their mothers by Academy Award-nominated filmmakers Heidi Ewing and Rachel Grady. And again, it is playing this week on Mother's Day, Sunday, May 10th. Uh, what, a, what a great documentary. It, it features... A bunch of comics you already know and love, like Louie Anderson, Aquafina, Jimmy Carr, Bridget Everett, Fortune Feimster, Rachel Feinstein, Judah Friedlander, Jim Gaffigan, Judy Gold, Jen Kirkman, Joe Coy, Bobby Lee, the Lucas Brothers, Norm MacDonald, Jim Norton, Tig Notaro, Yvonne Orji, Kristen Schaal, David Spade, and Roy Wood Jr. That's, I think that's all of them. And man... This thing was so fun to watch. I saw it a couple times because I was, I, I kept doing this thing where I would start to watch it just to get a clip, and then I'd get sucked back into it. Mm. It's so good. What did you 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 took a look at it? You took a look at it this week, right, Coach? Yeah, I did. I, did. I took a I took a look at it. Um, I thought it was sweet. Um, mothers and comedians. Um, yeah, I thought it was really sweet. I'm assuming that for the most part. Um, most mothers don't want their um, their kids being comedians. I'm I'm glad you said that because the first clip we're going to play, I'm not going to I'm not going to cue it up yet, but it relates to that. And I definitely felt that when I started comedy, I think it's tough. It's it's very weird business to get into, and I think a lot of these people in this documentary have been doing comedy for 20 plus years. I'm, I'm going to talk real quickly about some of the clips we're not going to play. Cause I, I only picked a couple clips. I, I don't want to spoil this thing for people Yeah, because it's, it starts off and ends off with Louis Anderson who says he, he has a lot of stories about how his mom handled him doing stand up and, and his relationship with her and his, with his father. And it follows him around like driving to his old childhood home and stuff like that. And it's really interesting. I grew up on Louis Anderson, and I remember watching his sitcom about his family. Or it wasn't a sitcom. He had like a cartoon yeah. about his family that I, I loved as a kid. And he, there's this great moment in the documentary where he talks about how one day he went from doing... he. They show his uh, Tonight Show appearance, one of his Tonight Show appearances, where he's talking about his weight and his body and stuff like that. And then he says that he had a moment in his career where he shifted to talking about his family and I, I really appreciate it. I believe he said this. I hope I'm not misremembering this, but I think he talks about how he goes through a part of his career where he's talking about his, he's just making observations and he's also talking about his weight and all that stuff. And then at a certain point in his career, he felt ready to talk about his family. And oh. I really appreciated that because I, I felt the same way. My, my opening, I, I was very uh, careful about talking about my family to begin with because you're dealing with people. You're dealing with real people, and especially people who, you know, raised you or people you have to face. And <laughs> it's a very tricky line to ride, you know? Like, I remember the first time I said something about my family on stage, and my mom was there, and it made me feel so much better that my mom and my brothers approved of it because I, yeah. I was talking shit about my stepdad, and... That ended up being quite a well of uh, of material for me, or it has been, and I was just psyched that I was like, okay, I don't have to worry about them being angry at me for doing this. And Louis talking about that, you you have to be so careful about how you do it, and I, and you have to be ready, I think, yeah. to be able to do that in a methodical way and talk about rather than talking about something frivolous, you're talking about something that. Everybody kind of relates to it. I really like that part of it, that he's talking about 
when he started talking about his personal life, when he ta- he started talking about his mean dad and stuff like that, he goes, "Oh yeah, a lot of people have mean dads." Yeah, I didn't. It, that guy was abusive. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> mean and is abusive. <laughs> well, the reason why I say this because I think it's a little bit harder when when people have uh, some things they're not proud about and it's almost like they end up using comedy as you know a form of therapy uh, a form of you know finding uh, understanding about their life and then they start talking about these things and it's just kind of like kind of weird i've heard a lot of comics kind of mention it the way that you just did yeah i think it's it's tricky because i think there's a line between making it therapeutic for yourself and then trying to be funny and i think that he was it's a little bit of both for him, and he's an open wound in a lot of this. And listening to him in other podcasts, I mean, he's very honest about his his family life and his uh, his childhood. It feels like, and just how hurt he was as a kid. And it's it's really hard. I, I hate to frame it as this as this kind of sad story because it's it's really funny. There's a lot of really funny moments in this documentary. Well, Lou, it's it's a great mix of funny, sweet, and also kind of sad at times. To, I mean, if if we're gonna you know be accurate with it, I, I just think some of Louis's background's a little you know traumatic. But I don't know if the if the documentary you know touches on that all the way. It's just happened to be connected to Louis's story a little bit. What's like that's a, true. It's a funny. Yeah. Like it's it's mostly like hey this is is it, aren't our mothers funny it's that's what it kind of felt like to me yeah it's uh it's I think that um this thing is really thorough and touches upon a lot of uh, interesting relationships and different dynamics between moms and uh, and their comedian children and I think we should get to some of these clips yeah I let's, think, let's uh, hear what you're talking about this here. this first chunk I picked I, I glued together some stuff for people to hear it's Roy Wood Jr. and his mom Rachel Feinstein talking about her mom and Fortune Feimster uh, doing some stand up and then talking with her mom I'm sorry about that joke this song is just not true is it true? Yeah, it's true I'm not gonna put you in a hole Oh, okay. Why would I put you on a hole? Thank you. I was beginning to sweat it. Oh, you free babysitting. Free babysitting? Yeah. Free babysitting. This is the first place I ever did comedy was this room. In this room right here? In this room right here. March 21st, 1999 was my first time officially telling a joke was in this room. So where was I when you were doing all this? I don't know. At the house, I guess. You wouldn't even ask for a ride? No. Oh, that's right. You didn't want me to. Because you was tripping. I feel like when I told you I was thinking about comedy, you went to this long thing about you just need to get that damn degree, boy. You don't need to be thinking about nothing else, boy. I never told my mom I wanted to do comedy because I knew she wouldn't approve of it. And I didn't want to hear about it. I was, I was in college at Florida A&M, and I got myself arrested for stealing some jeans at a department store. So I was, I was on probation. And so when you have a parent who thinks that they're going to lose their child to, to the justice system, to walk into their room and look them in the face and go, yeah, I'm going to ride a Greyhound with meth addicts and tell jokes in Kentucky for $30. And don't worry, I won't flunk out of school. Everything will be fine. I know I just almost went to prison, but didn't. But I got a better plan. Comedy. 
my mom definitely felt like my priorities were in the wrong place, and she definitely made that clear. Like, what will it take for me to do comedy without you bothering me? Like, that's the thought in my head. It's just, all she talk about is school. Huh. Well, if I make good grades, then she can't say shit about me doing comedy. So I got back in school my junior year, and I made the dean's list the rest of the way. When Roy graduated, he came home, he took the degree, he threw it on the bed. He says, you can have this. I don't need this degree in my profession. So I accepted it graciously. I framed it and put it on the wall. And from this point on, I guess he must have been right. These days, I feel supported. You know, my mom, no matter what I've been passionate about, she's always supported it, man. Oh, you make me feel so emotional. I don't know, I'm being real. I told somebody the other day that if I became a porn star, my mom <laughs> would click the link just to make sure I get an advertising dollar. Like, my mom, whatever porn I'm in online, my mom would click click the ad under the porn just so her baby could get a dollar. Really? <laughs> I think there's a lot of like wildly strange, inappropriate, you know, moments with mothers and daughters. And it's just, it's too close, you know, so it's funny. My mom is a bleeding, bleeding heart liberal. She loves to read a cab driver's name to them. She likes to kind of bite into an ethnic name and overly honor it. It's really alarming. I get very nervous when she's about to read a name tag because she's going to bite into it and she's going to rock on. Excuse me, Sarah Hanje. What a marvelous name. What region is that? I'm like, he's not a wine. He's a man. Leave him alone. The worst part of his day is that you have access to his name right now. She goes, I just want to say, Sarah Hanj, that I am so sorry for some of these terrible things President Trump has been saying about Muslims. I'm like, that's not even the good way to say it. That's the Klansy way to say it. You can't say Muslim. That's the evil Klansy way. And she'll be like, we think Muslims are fantastic, Sarah Hanje. And you and any of your wonderful Muslim brethren are welcome in our country. He's just glaring at her like, I'm sick, you white bitch, get out of my cab. And she's like, cultural bridge built. Who's next? I'm like, that was an active disaster. She likes it when I impersonate her. She gets upset if I don't do her. And if I don't talk about her, she'll go, where was I? And that's her way of saying she's disappointed. She'll go, I thought I was going to be in your talent show, which is what she calls my stand-up. about my family. My family's favorite restaurant growing up was Hooters. Like, we we loved a good chicken. You guys are like, obviously, obviously that was your favorite restaurant. And uh, we loved Hooters because they had amazing chicken wings and they were cheap. And we were fat and poor, so it was awesome. When my mom was dating this, this guy, uh, I remember one time uh, we were trying to figure out where to go eat one night. And uh, I was like, oh, well, let's, let's just go to Hooters. And he was standing right here beside her. And my mom, out of nowhere, she's like, I have never <laughs> eaten at Hooters. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? My babysitter 
waitress. No. No. I was like, you hired two Hooters waitresses to hula hoop for my brother's 18th birthday party. I have no, those were just two girls that love to hula hoop. I have never been to Hooters. perfectly fine with the mom jokes that that she does on stage. In fact, at uh, I'll be at shows and people at the shows will say, how can you stand this? I mean, are not you spirited uh, though. Are you okay with what she says? I said yes. The truth of you it know. is, she would rather me talk about her and her be the center of attention oh, than me not talk about her at all. Oh, that is The so worst true. part would be not including her in my sex. That's true. Then no one's looking Although at Although I her. never say include me in something. Anything I do in my life can be on the stage and I have no idea what it's going to be. She, she enjoys attention. Just say I'm a good sport. You're a good sport. Thank you. And you like attention. Well, that's true. So that was Roy Wood Jr., uh, Fortune Feimster, and Rachel Feinstein. I love that f- that Rachel Feinstein stuff. Rachel Feinstein's impression of her mom is so funny to me. And you yeah. can see uh, her whole special, Only Whores Wear Purple, that's free on Comedy Central's YouTube stand-up page right now. And it's I think it's unique because it's one of the few times you get to hear the mom who's like liberal get made fun of i feel like usually when you hear comedians make fun of their parents it's like oh my dad voted for trump and he uh this is a weird it's kind of funny to hear this very specific person who also is funny but you just don't i just don't think you hear that very often i i i just love her impression of her mom so much all right up next i'm gonna play some clips from judy gold's comedy central half hour and some clips from her in the documentary call your mother why did you pick Judy Gold? You a fan of Judy? I am a big fan of Judy Gold. I, I really think that this half hour of hers affected me deeply as a kid. I, I remember her talking about her mom very deeply. And when I think about a comic who is very focused on their mother, Judy Gold comes to mind first, I think. Oh, that's very sweet. Uh, yeah, there's the moments between her and her mom uh, that we get to hear. She's collected voicemails from her mom from over the decades, and it, it really provides some compelling, some compelling footage. This is why caller ID is the greatest invention of the 20th. I love the caller ID. Do you have the caller ID? Greatest invention. You know why? Because if you hate someone, you never have to talk to that person on the phone again. Anytime I see it's my mother's phone number, I can pick up the phone. I go, help, put the gun down, leave me alone. And then I hang up and it's good for her heart condition and she really gets on my nerves and she's really annoyed. My mother's like really, really annoying. She just got an answering machine for her house, right? So I called her while she wasn't at home to see what the message was. First of all, it's like two hours long and it's like the first draft of her really boring autobiography. You have reached 478... I live at 310 Gibson Boulevard. <laughs> On Tuesdays from 8 to 11.30, I go to bingo at the synagogue to help out. The money is in the top drawer, my dresser in the bedroom. The key is under the mat. Ma, shut up! She's so 
negative. I can't stand it anymore. You know, I have a three and a half year old son who's a genius. And um, he's, no, he's the greatest thing. And this is so my mother. Um, about two years ago, this is true, he was sitting in the car seat in the back. And my mother was sitting in the front passenger seat in the car. We were going somewhere. Because my mother always sits in the front passenger seat because she likes to have the leg room. You know, I could have a mute paraplegic friend who needs a ride somewhere and my mother will still sit in the front passenger seat because she wants to have the leg room, you know? Christopher Reeve can need a ride to the clinic and she would tie him to the license plate and let him roll down the street behind us so like, she can get the leg room. Anyway, so she gets in the car and she sits on one of my son's toys, right? And the, the toy has like all these different colors on it. And this is how negative she is. She picks the toy up and says to my son in the back seat, Henry, what color is this? Blue, what color is this? Green, what color is this? Purple, puts the toy down, looks at me and says, well, at least we know he's not colorblind. <laughs> I'm like, why can't you say, wow, he knows his colors, like a normal grandmother would say. You wanna know why? She needs to get laid. Now, I never thought I'd say, no, I'm not. She needs a companion. Oh, you're so conservative. I feel like I'm at like a right-wing conservative convention over here. <gasps> no, I really do. I think she needs to, you know, have a little... Not that I want to imagine my mother having sex. That is the most disgusting thing. That... Can you try not to move a lot? I have vertigo and I tend to get dizzy uh, very easily. Can we leave some water by the bed? My medication makes me dehydrated. And... Can my aide stay in the room in case I need to get up at all during... The... I love New York City. I just love the city. And I live in the greatest neighborhood. I have a great, I know all the people in my building. I mean, my next door neighbor's name is Marjorie. Everyone's like really friendly in the building. Now, several years ago, I leave my apartment, go to my agent's office, call my mother on the phone because it's free. We're chit-chatting. <laughs> We're chit-chatting away and my elbow hits the phone and we get disconnected. Just, just by mistake, we just get disconnected right in the middle of the conversation. I didn't call her back right away. And I neglected to tell her I'd been calling from my agent's office. She is completely paranoid. She thinks something happened to me in my apartment and that's why we got disconnected. When I got home, this was the message she left on my answering machine. It's a real message from my mother. She's completely out of her mind. Judith, are you all right? Did you fall down? What happened? Where are you? I'm a wreck. I don't understand this. Maybe I'll call Marjorie and tell her to go over and find out. <laughs> Judith, where are you? All right, here's the clincher, Ronnie. So long. What? What is that so long? She thinks Jeffrey Dahmer's chopping my body up and showing me pieces. She says so long at the end of the message. I gotta go, you guys have been incredible. This is your pleasure. Do not forget my watch. We have not been separated this long since I was eight. Another week, I will have a nervous breakdown. I need it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My mother passed away in 2015. The last time I saw her, she's in the Hebrew home, and I said, I have to go. I love you. 
And her normal response would be, you too. And I, you, you know, she loved to speak in old English. Um, and I said, I love you. And she said, not as much as I love you. Great, now I have to cry. And I couldn't, I, well, first of all, I was in shock and I was like, you know, what do I say? And I, I said, no, I love you more. And she said, it's not possible. I said, no, I, I, I love you more. And she said, Judith, I'm not gonna argue with you. And that was it. I mean, she's so a part of me. No one looks at you the way your mother does. There's nothing that compares with the mother's love. All right, that was Judy Gold. I, I love that man. I, I really love. Uh, I really love that moment between her and her mom that she explains, and that it still ends funny. It's it's the last thing is I'm not going to argue, and it's just such a, a testament to the relationship and how how funny she stayed. And I, I I just really love the insight to their relationship. It's it's very sweet, and you can tell why Judy Gold's a, a stand up comic um, just from hearing that. But yeah, the documentary is Call Your Mother. It premieres Sunday, May 10th at 10 p.m. on Comedy Central Eastern Time. And you heard just now Roy Wood Jr. and Fortune Feimster and Rachel Feinstein and uh, and Judy Gold. But also there's, there's a lot of stuff with David Spade in here that's really funny. Him uh, doing his monologue in front of his mom and her hate it, cringing at some of the jokes. Yeah. And... Uh, and then, yeah, Tig Notaro, Jen Kirkman, Joe Coy has a lot in this, uh, Bobby Lee. Just just a really great documentary. And like I said, I love Christian Shaw's part of it. It's very Her mom is so much like her, too. It's very cute. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just fun to see these people's moms, I think. But uh, Louis Anderson, though, it very, it's really powerful. And I, I love the, the sentiment at the end of the day is, yeah, call your mom. Talk to your parents while you can. And uh, and I, I think that they do. They did a really good job with this doc. Yeah, it's like, um, you ever been at school and a, and a mother shows up and you're like, man, who's, whose mom is that? And you're like, oh, that's Tom's mom. Oh, I get, I get it. So that's, that's kind of how I felt about the show because you got to see everybody's mom and you're like, oh, okay. I kind of get yeah. it. I feel like I get to know you a little bit more. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm surprised that nobody talked in this documentary about their moms being a bigger fan of another comic because Oh, that's happening really, in your that's life. That's gotta happen. <laughs> you know. Where like I remember the first time the I, I we talked about it before on the show, I think, because I played Mulaney, but I remember taking my mom to see Mulaney and her i I'd never seen her laugh that hard at somebody live. And I was like, God damn it. Oh, <laughs> and man, I, and I loved it too, but uh, it's. I'm sure that that happens where somebody goes, "Oh, I wish that you were more like this comedian." <laughs> yeah, I I could I couldn't imagine a world where I would be passionate about something and then my mother would even remotely get it. Like, yeah, like, it's just not even possible. It's almost like okay, you can't, you know, because you're not. It's we're generations apart. You you know, you're different sexes. It's a it's everything. <laughs> Life is moving so fast. It's like. 
My mom was doing her thing in the eighties. <laughs> like, so, yeah. So it's yeah. like, how can how could she even remotely understand what I'm doing? For sure, that's true. But I feel I don't know, man, because sometimes. I, I was really close to my mom uh, when I was, especially when I was growing up. But I was, I would share with her all the shit I was that I thought was funny, and she thought it was funny too. So I, I feel like it's, I feel like she does kind of get it. But it is that is, I think that probably a lot of people are like, yeah, of course my mom doesn't even know what I do. Like, yeah. why would she have anything to do with the shit she's got to raise? Yeah, being a comedian is like stuff. being a stripper or something. Why is some <laughs> other shit? <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know what's sick? Being a DJ. Get fucked, exactly. Coach T. <laughs> I would never tell her. We don't even talk about it. If my mom was alive, she couldn't tell you how I made money. <laughs> well, in fairness, I don't know if my mom could describe. Actually, sometimes I find myself just telling my mom how I made money or like how much I made so that she doesn't panic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I find myself being very, I just want her to know that I'm okay. So I find myself just yeah. saying what I got paid for something. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because, um, you know, I think a lot of people, they're trying to figure out how to put their relationship with their mother into their life. And if you find your life is going in a direction and you don't really find, you don't really know how to put your mother into it. I always tell like my wife, she, she kind of tries to do that. And I'm like, well, at the end of the day, your mother just wants to make sure that you're good. So as long yes. as you're good and you communicate happiness, as a matter of fact, at this point, it's the only way your mother has any peace. She has to know you're good. So I call my wife's mother randomly and i'm just like hey we have to communicate that we're okay because that's what she lives for i think that's true and just to know that they didn't mess up and like have a degenerate kid who's living in a gutter yeah but yeah i'm sure that makes sense because i think if i was you know if i have kids i don't want them to be you know in a bad spot because i'll feel responsible in some way and i think that that's probably a lot of it 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 hurts like like i (laughs) Like we come out of our mothers, like we are literally a piece of our moms. So it's like that's a piece of them, and they want right. to make sure that they're good. And emotionally, I'm. It's not always financial, but it's like, are you fulfilled? You know, a majority of your day. And if you are, I think it's important to communicate that to your mother, so that uh, that's to me that's the only way that they have peace at night. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. I think that we're all saying the same thing. Call your mother. Damn. What an ending. I'm it cutting that. What an ending. Together. What call an ending. your mother. Comedy a... Central. You'll, you can see Call Your Mother this <laughs> Sunday, May 10th at 10 p.m. Eastern. Comedians featured include Louis Anderson, Aquafina, Jimmy Carr, Bridget Everett, uh, Judah Friedlander, Jim Gaffigan. These are people I, we didn't play from. Joe Coy, Bobby Lee, the Lucas Brothers, Norm MacDonald, Jim Norton, Tignataro, Yvonne Orgy, uh, Kristen Shaw, David Spade. These it's star studded, and you get to see some fun moms in this. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's really good. Like I said, I watched it twice. I'm probably gonna see, I might watch it again uh, with my with my girlfriend's family because my girlfriend walked in on me tearing up to that Judy Gold shit, and I need to show her why, and not that I'm a bitch. Uh, oh, <laughs> it might it might not matter. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
we got one more clip. Yeah, what's, <laughs> what's, what's, the, what's the last clip that you have there? So this last clip is from Comedy Central's partnership series with Refinery29, Taking the Stage. Comedy Central and Refinery29 collaborated on two digital series showcasing fast-rising all-female comedic talent with distinct voices. Comedy Central and Refinery29's Taking the Stage is a short-form stand-up showcase and is up on Comedy Central's uh, stand-up YouTube channel now and their social media. This is a clip from Iowetta Beery's set, which I I think came out last week. You can see the full thing on YouTube. This is just a minute of of a... The whole thing is one story about her getting way too high and thinking that she's having a heart attack. And... Other talent starring in this series includes Chanel Ali, Marsha Belsky, Marie Faustin, Jenna Friedman, Kat Radley, Rachel Sennett, and Tian Tran, but this is Io Edabiri. We're cruising down the highway. I'm sticking my head out the window like I'm Air Bud. It's glorious. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it hits me. I am in the most excruciating physical pain in my life. And not just like, oh, you smoked a little bit of weed and you got a little sick. No, like my chest is constricting. I'm sweating. My vision is blurry. My hands are shaking. Like I feel so deeply ill. And I realize in this moment that I am experiencing cardiac arrest. And I'm sorry, people are laughing. It's actually very serious. I have a really serious history of cardiac illness in my family, but even more so, I've confirmed this because I made a Quora account while I was in the car, (laughs) and I asked, is cannabis cardiac arrest? And no one answered in two minutes. And so I knew that that meant that the good people of Quora were leaving me alone to wrestle with my own mortality. All right, that was Iowa Beery. You can see that whole set on Comedy Central's stand-up YouTube page. And also, I have some recs for you. Just like Netflix does their algorithm, this is the Tom Takargrithm. If you like Judy Gold, why don't you check out Christy Cello, Jen Kirkman, Aaron Foley. If you like uh, Roy Wood Jr., t- check out my buddy Rob Hayes. He's, uh, he's very funny. Also, check out Mike Kaplan's new album, a.k.a. Go to his social media for details or grab the album on Apple or wherever you get your comedy albums. That's going to do it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on Stand Up with Tom Takar. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts.